Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report Podcast. My name is Brandon Ramsey, and I am here today to give you all the information that you need to know ahead of the Auburn game. Um, that is Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m., um, and we the Cats are traveling down to Auburn um, to play there. And so far this season, Auburn is 7-6 and six, um, on the year. They're 1-4. and four. In the SEC, they actually opened up conference play with four consecutive losses. Many of those were relatively close games, though. Um, they lost to Arkansas. They lost to Texas A&M by two. They lost a tough one at Old Miss. And then um, just on Saturday, they lost by four against Alabama um, before uh, beating Georgia on Wednesday by 18 pretty handily down there in Athens. Um so yeah, Auburn is only one and four. They're seven and six overall. They um, lost to UCF, lost to Gonzaga in the non-conference. Um, they did beat Memphis, which was a pretty good win. Um, beat St. Joe's, beat South Alabama. Um, so they had a little bit of success early on in the season. Didn't exactly beat anybody great, um, but a loss to Gonzaga. Everybody's lost to Gonzaga this year. The UCF loss at their place. Um, actually isn't that bad either, um, but then they were just struggling a little bit early in SEC play, however, um, and we'll get into this, this will be a big part of the podcast really, but um, it's a tale of two seasons right now for for Auburn, there's the, there's the pre-Sharif Cooper getting his eligibility season, and then there's the post-Sharif Cooper getting his eligibility um, season, and that new season just started a week ago. Um, Sharif Cooper be, was declared eligible, finally, by the NCAA, um, so he was stuck right into the starting lineup um, a week ago on Saturday against Alabama, and he proceeded um, to have just, honestly, an incredible game. I mean, for a guy that was playing his first college basketball game, he came in 26 points, um, 9 assists, and took arguably the best team in the conference down to the wire. Um and it was it was a really fun game to watch. It was ninety four to ninety. Um, you know, b- both of these teams play an extremely high tempo style, and that is just you know raised to the tenth degree uh, now that Sharif Cooper has the keys to the Auburn offense. Um, but anyway, I, I I just say that, and like I said, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that as we go along here um, today. But there's not a whole lot of sense in looking back at what Auburn was to begin the season or, you know, even what Auburn was over a week ago today, because not only have they gained the best player on their team and probably one of the most dynamic players in the conference, if we're being honest, but due to the way that Bruce Pearl likes to play, I mean, he's always an up-tempo shoot, shoot a bunch of threes style at play. So not only have you gained a, truly great player, but you've, you've gained a player who is just absolutely tailor-made for that system. I mean, Shreve Cooper is so quick, dynamic with the ball, can make plays for others, can get to the rim. So I mean, it's just a match made in heaven for a Bruce Pearl uh, point guard. Um, so like I said, really just need to focus on these last two games, how they played against Alabama, what they did against Georgia to, to, to get a feel for what Auburn is going to be like when they play Kentucky at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So, turning to 
a little bit more in depth of what Auburn is going to do offensively. First and foremost, you know, it's going to sound very similar to what we talked about um, just a few days ago leading into the Alabama game. Auburn plays extremely, extremely fast. They, um, they're 44th in the country right now, um, averaging 76, just over 76 possessions per game. Um, but again, kind of talking about the pre and post <clears throat> Sharif Cooper eras of this season, they were averaging about 74 possessions per game before he got into the lineup. In just these last two games, they've averaged 84 possessions over the last two games. So entering Sharif Cooper into the lineup has gotten them 10 additional possessions. And, you know, maybe to the to the average fan, there's not a whole lot of context. To, you know, what does that really mean? Well, just think about it. 10 extra possessions is a chance for more points. Generally, more points equals a better chance to win. Obviously, if Auburn has more possessions, that by definition means the other team is going to have more possessions as well. So it, 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 it plays hand in hand for the opponent as well. But still, you know, when you're, when you're as dynamic, and can shoot the three as well as Auburn can more possessions is, is what you want. So if they can play in that, you know, low to mid eighties number of possessions per game, they're just going to be really, really dangerous. Cause that's going to give them a chance to score 90 points. Like they have in, in the two games that Cooper's been in the lineup, they scored 90 against Alabama um, in their loss, and they put up 95 when they went down to Athens and beat Georgia. So first and foremost, they're going to play extremely, extremely fast. They love to throw the ball ahead in transition, looking for early, easy baskets. They're, all their guys play super hard. That's a, another staple of a Bruce Pearl team. They're going to rim run the heck out of the floor. They're going to get to the corners with their shooters and space you out. And then Shreve Cooper is going to drive that thing up the court as fast as he possibly can. And, and, and he's, I mean, his court vision is just absolutely incredible. And you'll, you'll get to see it on display tonight or um, on Saturday afternoon, but um, and hopefully you don't see it too much on display. Cause that's going to be bad news for Kentucky, but he, he's just excellent at kind of throwing guys open. He can throw these alley-oop passes where the guy he's throwing it to, I'm not even sure knew he was about to be open, but then he just flies up to the rim and can lay it in or dunk it. Um, he's, he's great at getting the ball you know, 75 feet from the basket and throwing it all the way into a, uh, to a shooter in a corner. I mean, he, he is just excellent at getting the ball up the court in a hurry, whether it be through the pass or the dribble. Uh, so we, Kentucky has to be excellent in transition defense, getting back first and foremost, protecting the basket so that you take away Sharif Cooper's layups at the rim. You take away his ability to throw alley-oops up to the rim um, or throw it ahead in transition for somebody else to, to, to score it inside. And then once you take, once you get the basket, then you start worrying about the ball and you try to get Shreve Cooper stopped with the ball. And then from there, you're taking the next most dangerous shooters and trying to get matched up in, in transition the best that you can to not allow them to get some of those early, easy baskets. Once you slow them down in transition, and that's a relative term because they're always going to be going a million miles an hour, but once you get back and get set and they have to run some half-court offense, they're going to be a motion team. Um, mostly four around one, but it, it, it will um, kind of space into some five out motion depending on their lineups. Uh, but the, they do like to keep a guy around. Like, the, the, they're never going to, and when I say never, they're essentially never 
going to throw the ball into the post, but they do like to ball screen a lot, obviously, with Cooper um, in the half court. So a lot of times <clears throat> they'll they'll begin possessions with a guy down on the block, and then he'll just be random ball screening throughout their motion. But you know, in the half court, first and foremost, it's going to be high ball screens for Sharif Cooper. Um, they'll, they'll set him in the middle of the floor, try to get him going downhill, and that they just have excellent spacing. You know, with a guy rolling to the rim, and they'll throw a lob up to him to dunk it, or if you if you help up off off of them once they get down to the block, if you help up anytime, Cooper's going to dump it off, and they're going to dunk it. Um, but you know, a lot of times the the other three guys on the perimeter are all going to be good to excellent three point shooters, and and they sure as heck have the green light and are going to let it fly. So they have excellent spacing in the half court. They're going to get Cooper playing downhill off of ball screens and. Um, the the name of the game, and I'm going to continue to harp on this over the next 20 minutes or so or however long I talk, but Kentucky needs to try to be disciplined and not helping when Sharif Cooper drives the ball. Um, that can be a little counterintuitive because you're, you're sitting there thinking, hey, this guy scores 27 points a game. Granted, that's through two games, but you know, guys scored 27 points a game so far, and he's their best player. Why wouldn't we want to help? Well, because he's also averaging 10 and a half assists and you kind of have to pick your poison. Do you, do you want to try to hold him from getting 27 points or do you want to take away his assists? Well, in my opinion, because of the way Auburn shoots the ball, it's much more beneficial to take away his assists. So in anytime you're guarding guys like, like their shooters, you shouldn't be helping anyway because you don't want to let those guys get going from three, but I am totally okay with, Shreve Cooper scoring a couple layups off of a ball, off of a ball screen, as opposed to him getting to kick it out for a bunch of open threes or even just little dump off passes for dunks. I want to make Shreve Cooper finish at the rim because he is small. He is a low percentage finisher. I want to see what he can do offensively when he's not able to pick people apart with the passing game because he is he is a much better passer than he is a scorer. He's a much better playmaker than he is a scorer. So if you can limit his ability to play make for other people and, and let him get going with dump off passes, lobs, kicking out for threes. I think it's going to really stagnate their offense, especially in the half court and give Kentucky a much better chance to win. Um, so like I said, a lot of their possessions, once they can't score it early in transition is going to be high ball screen for Sharif Cooper. And they're just playing with a lot of space from there. Um, they do run a, f- a few different actions that, that, they like to get guys kind of interchanging along the baseline with some baseline runner stuff. They do a lot of um, wing handoffs, and they'll, they'll reverse the ball and get into a ball screen from there. As always, a, a lot of those clips will be up on Kentucky Sports Radio uh, when my scouting report is released um, Saturday morning. Uh, I also have a lot of uh, clips on Twitter going out before the game on Saturday, so be sure to follow that at KSR. You can get a little bit more visual of – how fast they play at some of their half court actions, but you know, it, it's really, it's about spacing. Um, it's a, it's about setting some ball screens in the half court and, and attacking from there. They, they do have guys that are really good around the rim finishing um, on the roll when, when Cooper can, can get it to them. Um, and then obviously they have, you know, three or four shooters that can, that can really let it go uh, from three and, and get going from out there. So it's, you know, the, the 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 number one thing is going to be keeping them out of transition, not allowing them to score a bunch of easy points there. 
and then we're going to have to be good on the ball screens and really disciplined, not overhelping when you see Cooper getting to the basket off the dribble. Defensively, there's not a whole lot special about what Auburn does. The one special thing that they do is they are an elite rim-protecting team. Uh, it seems a little surprising because they their their backup five man is kind of a traditional post player, and they do have some some tall guys even in their starting lineup, and they're super athletic. Um, but they don't have like the the bruising big men by any means that that you would normally think of protecting the rim. But they're super long, super athletic, and they're averaging uh, 5.6 blocks per game, which is 11th in the country. Uh, so so they're able to be aggressive on the perimeter. Um, try to get some steals, apply some additional ball pressure because they're so good at the rim. And, and one thing that you have to think about is that they are coming from everywhere to block your shot at the rim. So, you know, I, I just finished talking about how I, I don't want us to help so much at the rim and allow dump off passes or dunks, uh, dunks inside or, or even kick out to the three point shots. But um, Auburn is going to do that. They are going to help with two or three guys as you drive it to the rim to try to block your shot. So what that means for Kentucky, got to play off of two feet at the end of your drives. Get in there, jump stop, and somebody's going to be flying at you and you can hit somebody. Somebody's going to be open. Uh, hit them with a little dump-off pass or kick it out for a three-point shot. Uh, but then also play off of two, get there, jump stop, show them the ball, shot fake. These guys are going to be flying all over the place, and you can step through and finish. So just know they're coming to block your shot as you drive it in there. Um, they also are going to ice a lot of their balls, a, a lot of ball screens when they get the opportunity. Well, what that means is the on-ball defender is going to jump out and force um, our ball hander down towards the baseline and keep you out of the middle. Um, essentially, not allow you to use the ball screen and make you go downhill. Uh, so, j- just something to know. One thing that can be really good when teams want to ice ball screens is if you get the ball moving on the perimeter and then can quickly run into a ball screen and kind of get them before they have an opportunity to jump out there and ice it, then they can really throw off um, how the rest of their defense is set. So if you can kind of beat the ice on the ball screen, then um, that can be really effective for our offense and give us a lot of room to play in. Um, So the the main thing with them defensively is, is the way they protect the rim. I think we should be able to to score on them. Otherwise they're, they're, they're not super sound. Defensively, they're not even that interested in playing defense because when they're on defense, they're thinking about going to score. Uh, but you do have to be aware of just the way they fly at you as you get to the rim and, and try to block your shot. So to break them down a little bit from a personnel standpoint, I already talked about him a little bit, uh, but their point guard is number two, Sharif Cooper. He's listed at 6'1". He's probably 5'10". Um, he's listed at 180 pounds. He's probably 160 uh, but he's a freshman. He was a five-star player coming out of high school, top 20 player in the country. He was a Kentucky recruit at, at one time, but I mean, th- this kid's a special player. He is so dynamic with the ball. Uh, he's Like I said, he's just been in there for two games, but he's averaging 27 points, four and a half rebounds, and he is averaging 10 and a half assists um, and five turnovers per game. So the ball's going to be in his hands a ton. He's an excellent playmaker, extremely, extremely quick. The name of the game for him today, though, is going to be to scoot back. I'm going to be yelling that at my TV probably a lot on Saturday afternoon, but you as absolutely have to scoot back. There is no reason to guard Sharif Cooper outside of the three-point line. Your feet need to be inside of the three-point line at all times. 
We need to go under all of the ball screens and handoffs. If you can't get under it or if you run into the screen, then it's an automatic switch. We have to keep a guy on a guy and stay between Sharif Cooper and the basket. If that means that one time we screw up, we don't we don't get under it, so we have to switch and Olivier Sars on him, just back up two, three steps, and then use your length and be big and stay between him and the basket because he's not going to finish enough over our length at the rim to beat us just scoring points. Now also, the other name of the game is do not help when he drives. I already touched on this a little bit, but I want to see him have five or less assists today. It, if that happens, I all but guarantee you that Kentucky will be the winner um, at the end of the day because if, if he can't get 10 and a half assists, 10 assists like he's averaging, then I just don't think he's going to be able to score enough to win. I don't think Auburn's going to be able to score enough to win because he is the straw that stirs the drink. And if we can keep him from doing both, scoring it at the rim and being able to dump off assists, then there's just not going to be enough points to go around for them. So we we have to be good about not helping when he drives. And, and this goes hand-in-hand hand, hand with going under, scooting back, keeping him between you and the basket because if – if you're going under the ball screens and he's not able to turn the corner and you're between him and the basket, then you shouldn't have to help anyway, especially because when you're guarding guys like their shooters that we'll get to in a second, you should never be thinking about helping anyway. That's something we have to get better at and need to emphasize more in scouting. Um, but go under the ball screens, scoot back, do not ever guard him outside the three-point line, dare him to shoot. He's one for 11 from three. So he, he's willing. He might make one or two today, but I think it's okay. Make him shoot five or more threes. Tell him to shoot it. Dare him to shoot it. Because it, when he shoots it, it, just, it does not look like it's going in. So make him shoot threes. Do not let him score layups. Do not let him get a bunch of assists because we're overhelping when he drives it. If he beats us a time or two and he lays it in, that's okay. It is okay for him to lay it in a couple times. It's going to happen. But we, we can't let it happen too often, and that should be... Oh, we should be able to do that because we're going under ball screens and we're staying back off of him. And, and making him drive it into our chest. So that's what we want to see from Cooper today. Five or less assists. Make sure you're watching that because if, if that happens, we're going to win. We're going to win um, on Saturday. Next, uh, you have number 22. Alan Flanagan. Sorry, I was I, I, I blanked on his name. Uh, first name there for a second. Alan Flanagan, number 22. He's a 6'6", 215-pound sophomore guard. He's an excellent all-around scorer. This guy can shoot the heck out of the ball. So he's a shooter. Absolutely no threes for him. You got to be tight. You cannot help off of him. Common theme, do not help. Be tight on him at all times. Chase him off of his screens. You got to get all the way out beyond the three-point line to guard him because he will shoot it from deep. So very contrasting to what we talked about with Sharif Cooper. When you're guarding Cooper, you never want to be in outside the three-point line. When you're guarding, uh, when you're guarding Alan Flanagan, you never really want to be it. Um, you never really want to be inside of the three-point line. You want to be outside of the three-point line with your feet right on his. You want to be in his chest, making him dribble it. He'll And he's a lefty. He'll drive it left um, once you take away those threes, and he'll get to a little floater or a jumper, but you got to take him away from three. It's 39.1% from deep. Um, 69 of his 120 shots have been threes, 13.8 points a game, 5.1 rebounds. Um, he's got to take him away from three contest everything that he shoots and he he's very aggressive he'll shoot even deep step backs so he just have to stay into his chest 
can test everything. Your only job, your only job when you're guarding Alan Flanagan is to take away three-point attempts. And that's what our mindset has to be. It's not about keeping him from scoring. It's not about keeping him from making threes. It is about limiting his attempts. And you can do that by not helping, and you can do that by being tight on him at all times and making him dribble it when he catches it. Up next, we've got uh, number one, Jamal Johnson. Uh, he is a 6'4", 195-pound junior guard. Once again, this guy is a shooter. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. It is all that he wants to do. Uh, he, let's see here, 83 of his 112 shots this season has, have been from three, shooting 36.1% from deep, 10.6 points a game. All he wants to do is catch and shoot. So just like Flanagan, you have to be tight on him at all times. You cannot let him get catch, catch and shoot threes. you got to tighten up as the ball comes towards you. You are never, ever helping off of number one Johnson. And you're own, just like with Flanagan, only goal when you're, when you're guarding him, take away his three-point attempts. That should be pretty easy because he doesn't really want to make plays. He doesn't want to dribble it. So be super, super tight on him and really pressure him. Is if you're not if you're not close if he's not dribbling the ball then you're not close enough to him and he'll squeeze it off. Got to pick him up deep. So he will shoot it. You got to chase him all over the court, chase him off the down screens, get over the flares. Um, one thing with Johnson, not so much Flanagan, but mostly with Johnson, they will run him into some ball screens. A lot of times he'll slip it. Obviously, we talk about this a lot. If there's no screen, there's no switch. Um, so don't switch if he slips it. But anytime there's a guard-on-guard screen, so if Flanagan were to set a screen for Cooper or anybody else, or certainly if Johnson comes and ball screens for Cooper, that's an automatic switch. It's you know similar defenders like defenders. There's no reason not to switch that. So anytime there's a guard-on-guard screen, you have to switch it. Uh, so absolutely taking away the threes from number one, Jamal Johnson. At one of the forward spots, you have number 23, Jalen Williams. Uh, he's a 6'8", 230-pound sophomore forward. Super athletic, very strong. This guy plays with an incredible motor. Plays super, super hard. Um, High-energy guy. He's a, he's a good shooter. It's not necessarily what he does best. He's not, he, he's not a shooter in the same way that Flanagan or Johnson are the last two guys we talked about. But he is 16 for 44 from deep on the season. 36.4% from beyond the arc. 10.8 points, 4.4 rebounds. Uh, so you, for him, you just want to take away the catch-and-shoot threes. We're, we're not necessarily helping off of him. Uh, we're certainly not helping when Cooper drives it, but we're not really helping, period, because he's a pretty good catch-and-shoot guy. Tighten up as the ball comes towards you. Be there um, and be tight when he does catch it. Make him put it on the ground. He's another lefty, um, so be ready for the left-hand drive once you take it away. Uh, but really pressure him on the perimeter. He doesn't. He's, he's not a great driver. Just don't go, get smoked. Going to his left, but he's not super comfortable handling it. He already has 31 turnovers this season, just through 13 games. Um, really good cutter and slasher. Um, he'll back cut as the ball is driven, so we got to stay in his chest, make him cut through you. Um, and he's a really good offensive rebounder, too. He'll fly in there. Um, he's also their leading shot blocker. Um, so you know, his style of play is flying around. He runs really hard in transition. They'll throw it ahead to him. For some dunks and layups, he likes to slip ball screens in the half court, looking for easy ones going to the rim, um, and he'll fly around defensively too, trying to block your shot. So great athlete. So just um, take away his catch and shoot threes, and then just be aware of him flying around on the offensive glass and defensively trying to block your shot. And make sure you're getting back 
um, in transition. Like I said, they do really like to throw it ahead to him, and he runs um, runs the floor super hard. Last but not least in their starting five here is their five-man, JT Thor. Um, he is 6'10 and 205 pounds. He's a freshman, um, five-man. He was a top 50 recruit, right around 50th in the country, four-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, he, he's another lefty, so they start three left-handed guys, something to be aware of. He's a willing shooter, eight for 29 so far this year, uh, but he is the one guy, or not the one guy, because we're doing it to Cooper also, but um, we want to close out short uh, to JT Thor. When he catches in the perimeter, just close out two steps short. If he goes to shoot it, you know, throw up, throw a hand up for a good solid contest. But at least to start the game, we're not worried about him shooting it from the perimeter. We would rather him do that. Um, he ball screens and rolls to the rim. Another guy they're going to look to throw it up to him on the lot or on the roll, um, lob it up to him so he can dunk it. Um, he likes to face up as much as he can around the basket. Um, he'll he'll drive it left. He is a good left hand driver, so you got to be aware of that. And, and on the perimeter too, that and that's part of why we're closing out short. Not only do we not only would we prefer him to shoot it because he's not a great shooter, but you got to guard against that left-hand drive. We don't want to get smoked. Um, so no left-hand drives for him from the perimeter or when he faces up around the basket. Otherwise, he's going to look to score with his left hand over his right shoulder. He's all left-hand around the hoop, so we got to take away his left-hand buckets um, and not let him score with his right or over his right shoulder. Um, so that is Auburn's starting five. Uh, coming off the bench just quickly, um, number 35, Devin Cambridge. He is absolutely a shooter. 68 104 shots have been three. So when, when 35 comes in, you're guarding him the exact same way that you guarded uh, number 22, Flanagan, and number one, Johnson. No threes. You're tight. Absolutely no help. All that stuff. Cambridge also will set some ball screens to so switch anytime he, he, he were to ball screen. Number 40, 44, Dylan Cardwell. Uh, probably their, their next most important rotation guy. Um, He's a five-man, super, super high energy. He's going to come in, pound his chest, play super hard. He's looking at ball screen and roll. He's shooting 74% from the field, so pretty much all he does is dunk it. Um, but, you know, he, he he's why you can't help up when when Cooper has the ball. So if he's out on the block, he does play on the block much more than, like, Thor does. Thor likes to venture out around the perimeter, try to drive it left. Cardwell, he's strictly around the basket other than when he's ball screening. Um, so you cannot help up off of him and give up a dunk. Um, just quickly, uh, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast will probably know this guy, but Justin Powell from North Oldham, uh, he is a freshman at Auburn. He's in concussion protocol. Um, as I'm taping this, I don't know whether he's going to play or not. I would say there's almost no chance um, he did not go through practice um, on Friday. Um, so it's or he, he did some things that sounded like it actually didn't go great. He didn't go live or anything. Uh, sounded like he was probably having some headaches from the stuff that he did do, which just kind of knowing how the concussion protocol works at the college level, that means that there's no chance he plays on Saturday. So, but if he were to play, excellent shooter. Um, he's shooting 44.2% from three. He's actually a better three-point shooter than he is from uh, two-point range. But um, unfortunately for him, um, playing against his home, home state team, um, I do not think that Justin Powell is going to be playing for, for Auburn on Saturday. So there you have it with with their personnel. Um, again, as you're talking about Auburn, it kind of starts and stops with Shreve Cooper, especially now that he's um, you know now that he's in their lineup. Uh, he he has the keys offensively. He he has taken 
Auburn playing fast to a whole other level. Like I said, they, they've literally increased by 10 possessions in the two games that he has been playing, and they've gone from they were scoring 74 points a game, and now they've scored 90 and 95 points in the two games that he's played. So um, he, he really changes their offense, and, he, and he's a great player and makes them much more dangerous. However, at the same time, I think he can get you beat if you, if you guard him right because he's, he's low percentage from the field. He, he makes some really crazy decisions, um, both passing, and that's why he averages five turnovers a game, and some of the shots he, t- he takes really bad shots. That's why I want to make such an emphasis of not helping onto him because I think that he'll take a lot more bad shots if he doesn't have somewhere to pass it. Um, and then why I want us to back up and stay between him and the basket so much because I think that's going to force him to a, into a lot of outside shots too because he wants to see those points on the um, in his stack column. So if we can do a good job on Cooper, it'll shut down their offense, and I think we can um, I think we can actually beat these guys pretty handily today if we have a really good plan on Sharif Cooper. So that is everything you need to know about the Auburn Tigers. Um, again, this game is on ESPN on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. So hopefully everybody will be tuning in to watch the Cats get back in the win column. Um, one thing I have said, I, I think that if Kentucky can pick up uh, this road win, I think it pretty much negates the, the, the loss on Tuesday to Alabama. Um, obviously, you, you want to win every game that you can, especially with the type of season Kentucky has had. I've said many times it's all about racking up wins at this point. But a, a road win at Auburn, even though they're – they're not great, but they're going to beat a lot of teams just because of the way they play with, with Cooper in the lineup now. But um, if you can pick up a road win here, I think it it, it, it pretty much makes up for, for the loss on Tuesday and gets us back to square. So that is obviously going to be the goal for Saturday afternoon. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. As always, uh, please, leave a, um, please leave a review if you do feel like um, your listening experience warrants one. Um, you can download the podcast, subscribe to it, so you get all of our podcasts sent directly to your phone, um, and share it with some of your friends. Uh, I am Brandon Ramsey at BRamseyKSR on Twitter. Like I said, I'll have a lot more coverage coming to you on Saturday before the game, um, some video breakdowns, different things like that, so make sure to give me a follow at BRamseyKSR. Also look out for the scouting report. Um, in written form and the video breakdown going up on KentuckySportsRadio.com as always. Um, but otherwise, uh, let's let's hope the Cats get a win on Saturday afternoon. Thanks for listening and have a great day.